coming out, it's 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 coming out. It's there. Welcome to the Stale Chips Podcast, where two friends discuss just about everything and anything. Like the stale chips you buy from Chipotle, these proper gents jazz up the bland and boring with pizzazz, flair, and saucy flavor. From odd stories, celebrity drama, video games, and sensible chuckles, and much, much more. And now, the Stale Chip Podcast begins. Hello and welcome to the Stale Chips Podcast, where just like a bag of lays, we take the ordinary and inflate it with a bunch of silly gas fun. I'm Josh. And I'm Joe. And tonight we're talking about the D.A.R.E. program. We're going to take a step back in time and view that and a bunch of other government school programs. Now, you're probably wondering, what exactly is the D.A.R.E. program? Well, imagine this. It's like the early 90s, right? You go into school... You're sitting in your class with your bunch of friends are making fart jokes. All of a sudden, this teacher says there's a special guest and a guy in a lion fursona just walks in. And you're thinking, oh, what's going on here? Well, the D.A.R.E. program was the anti-drug program that was started around the 1980s, 1983. Um, pretty much back when, uh, you know, Nancy Reagan, you know, the original throat goat. You know, the glizzy guzzler <laughs> goddess, if you will, um, was going around with the Just Say No campaign. And this was also around the time where they had the war on drugs. Um, Reagan's they, famous war on drugs ooh, that failed miserably. Absolutely. Um, you know, there were no repercussions for that whatsoever. No no, no minorities were targeted. Hell no. Are you of course abs- not. You're crazy. What are you talking about? But nonetheless, um, basically they went around schools uh, to introduce children that uh, if you did drugs, basically you would go to hell and die. Um, <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> and it, it was just an interesting interesting time in general because uh, we're a bunch of young kids. We, we didn't know any better. We're impressionable, right? And all of a sudden um, you had a giant lion come by and saying, hey, you know, drugs are bad, okay? Uh, but... But they made it sound so fucking cool to do, though. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, so, like, for, for those of you who are not aware, right, uh, the, the D.A.R.E. program was... It, it was a push by the United States government and, like, state and local police departments to try to get children to just say no to drugs. You know, right. and that's not, a, that's not necessarily a bad thing, but for me, it was the way that they handled it. Yeah, it's not like the idea is bad. The, the idea itself is, it's. A, I would say it's an honorable goal, right? Because you don't want kids fucked up on, like, meth or crack or heroin oh, or whatever. Oh, absolutely not, no. Right? But the way they went about it is a little um, uh, suspect, Yeah, I would say. Uh, so, essentially, at least what happened to me, right, they would, a, a police officer would come to the school and basically just read off of a script about why drugs are bad and what it can do to you. And if you do drugs, well, then you'll probably get fucked up and then go to jail for a long time. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Right? Um, and then, of course, you had uh, the the lion. What was his name again? Um, Darren. Darren yeah. the lion, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, because it's the D.A.R.E. program, so it's Darren. Yeah. Dare with an N. Ha, ha, ha. I mean, so it was pushed everywhere. It wasn't even yeah. just at schools. I mean, back in the day, any video game you picked up, they would always have that message, you know, winners don't do drugs. Or like TV commercials. I remember those all oh, the time. Oh, God, yeah. You know, especially the, the all-famous, this is your brain on drugs. Um, 
like, yeah, like with the girl who was like flat and like sitting on a couch. All the deflated one. Yeah. Honestly, that only made me want to do drugs even more because it was cool. Yeah, right. Um, also, they had the uh, talking dog one. You know, hey, Jim, it really makes me sad when you start doing drugs and I can't help but be like, holy shit, Sparky is talking to me. This is amazing. Right. Who wouldn't want to do drugs to communicate with their animals? <laughs> but nonetheless, like the D.A.R.E. program was everywhere and everyone had some sort of fond memory of it especially growing up in the 90s um because it was they they had a bunch of like images they had stickers and like a lot of like you know stuff to push out one of my favorite things that they handed out were these pencils that said it was uh too cool to do drugs yeah and if you can't think of uh how bad this could possibly be well the more you sharpened that pencil the more encouraging it got because it went from too cool to do drugs to cool to do drugs to eventually hey do drugs yeah just do drugs (laughs) you got your little stubby pencil and all it says is do drugs so fuck i'll do drugs yeah you know i'm an impressionable kid absolutely why not you know um but nonetheless, it was one of those things that came off very out of touch. You know, it was a lot of the material that they were teaching the children as well. It was incredibly outdated. And it it's like, you know, here's a bunch of these kids. They're willing to listen. They're willing to hear what you have to say. But when you have police officers and people that come by who, honestly, their heart's not really in it, or they're drug addicts themselves, mm-hmm. uh, it, the message doesn't really come across clear. And considering how funny it is that a lot of people I knew in those classes that had those same like campaigns that they had to, you know, listen to, uh, a lot of them are, you know, high as shit. Yeah. (laughs) I, I know several people who, uh, during my, my high school years, you know, they were totally into the dare program and, uh, well, a lot of them went to prison because, uh, they either (laughs) became, uh, they either were caught with a large amount of drugs, or uh, I know one guy who went to prison because uh, he uh, he was a dealer. Amazing. You know, that's the complete opposite of what Darren, the line, would have wanted you to do. It's almost like when you tell young, impressionable people not to do something, it's just going to make them want to do it more. Hmm. You know, how, but how could that possibly backfire? Hmm. Well, nonetheless, it kind of did because, you know... It, a lot of uh, sources, you know, a lot of medical research, um, especially anti-addiction sites, have stated that the D.A.R.E. program fell flat on its fucking face. Yeah, like I said, you know, you, you can't tell young people not to do something. Yeah. A- at least not in the way that the D.A.R.E. program tried to. They, they tried to convince you not to do something through fear. Yeah. Fear tactics. And it was that fear that you would see everywhere. Um, I remember the Super Mario, you know, Superstar show, or whatever it was called back then. They had Captain Lou <laughs> uh, with a PSA about doing drugs. And I specifically remember him telling me that uh, if anyone offered me drugs to talk to a priest or rabbi, and if I did them, I would die and go directly to hell. Yeah. You know, thanks, Super Mario. That's exactly <laughs> the type of message that I want to hear from a plumber that you know does shrooms all goddamn day <laughs> it's true <laughs> you know it doesn't come off hypocritical at all hmm <laughs> so so josh is did the dare program disappear or is it still around it's still around surprisingly um just not at the same capacity that it did 
I guess eventually somebody realized, hey, you know, what we're doing isn't fucking working. Um, so now they're a little bit more science-based, a little bit more psychological-based as well, uh, which is, you know, a good idea because you kind of want to be modern about how you approach people. You can't just, you know, have a kid 360, you know, kickflip off of a skateboard and be like, drugs are bad. That doesn't work anymore. No. <laughs> Not in this year, you know? It didn't work then either. No, it, it just absolute cringe. It was cringe and it was awkward. And now whenever you look up um, D.A.R.E. products as far as t-shirts and stickers, a lot of them are just encouraging of drugs. You know, drugs are really expensive. D.A.R.E. <laughs> Who would have thought? <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> And, you know, it wasn't even just the D.A.R.E. program itself that was incredibly out of touch. Um, I remember a lot of uh, people trying to push abstinence in high schools as well. Oh, I remember those programs. Oh, yeah. The abstinence only until marriage programs. Otherwise known as the sexual risk avoidance programs. Or what I would like to say, uh, fuck around and find out. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> so for those who are not aware... Um, the sexual risk avoidance programs, <laughs> uh, they, they were a push by, they were an initiative by the United States government that was started around 1996, and uh, it was an attempt by the United States government to try to get kids to, well, not fuck while they were, you know, still in their teenage years. Oh, yeah. Um, the issue there is, is that there was a lot of religious underpinnings. Oh, yeah, definitely. A ton, like Catholic specifically. Yeah, because I remember in Catholic school, you know, I had to go through it as well. And it was basically, hey, if you have sex before marriage, you're just a fucking godless heathen. You yeah, know? <laughs> right. And, and it's not like a lot of these programs, right? It's not like they were giving actual scientific information, right? About like how babies are made or yeah. STDs or anything like that. It was more so just uh, don't have sex or you're sinning in the eyes of God. Yeah, you know, if you're too close to someone, hey, make some room for Jesus, all right? Pretty much. <laughs> I, I remember uh, I remember my experience uh, my freshman year of high school um, in uh, my sexual education class. Uh, one day our, our teacher told us, you know, hey, let's go to the auditorium. We have a speaker that we're going to listen to. Ooh. So we're like, oh, fuck yeah, that's cool. So we go there. And it uh, turns out that it was this pasty, white, scrawny, tall dude, right? Very lanky, very oh, yeah. pasty. Absolutely. Um, probably doesn't know what a naked human body looks like. Oh, no. Um, <laughs> and uh, he, he proceeded to lecture to our class for 50 minutes about how sex is dangerous and bad. We shouldn't do it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, if we do do it, then... We're going to need to go to church and repent, essentially. Yeah, you know, talk to a priest and or rabbi. Exactly. Of right. And you're targeting this entirely to a bunch of teenagers that are just discovering themselves, you know, hormones yeah. and everything. You know, hmm, I have hair down there. And all of a sudden I have feelings for, you know, whatever person. Right. You know? Exactly. And uh, no, you know, let's not address any of that, right? Uh, Let, oh, no. Let's not actually try to make it safe. Let's just try to shame young people for being young people. Yeah, you know, for exploring themselves and, you know, for, you know, basically just 
identifying what they're attracted to. Exactly. It's know? formative years. You're going through your sexual discovery. Absolutely. It, you, you know? No, that, that's dumb. A- anyway, so at the end of at the end of uh, his uh, little lecture, I remember that he gave out these little bracelets, uh, <laughs> and it, it, it was something along the lines of like. You know, saving myself till marriage, Aww, something, something yeah. like that. Yeah, uh, that that was the overall idea. I don't remember what the exact text was, but anyway, I, it's it's very funny to me because I remember specifically there was this one girl, and she was super into it. She was like, "I'm gonna save myself until marriage. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna do anything. Right? I'm gonna be pure." Uh, keep in mind, she was also like very religious at the time. Oh yeah. And then she had two kids right afterwards. Oh, you know. Uh, junior year of high school, she was on her second kid. Who would have thought that she would have given birth to a couple of heathens, you know? <laughs> um, say about five Hail Marys, and, uh, you know, you should be fine. Yeah, absolutely. So, Josh, would you say that these uh, abstinence until marriage programs, uh, would you say that they failed? I, I would say so. I mean, it kind of got the opposite, you know, effect of what they were intending. You know, and, and you have to keep in mind, it's these kids and a lot of these pregnancies happening, it was mainly because they didn't really understand, you know, safe sex. They, right. they, because it wasn't something that was being taught. It was just, hey, don't put it in um, or, you know, God's going to be pissed. But after a while, you know, people give into temptation, you know, um, all of a sudden you find yourself in a, you know, locker room with somebody else just knocking boots, you know, um, or you're hiding somewhere in the uh, theater because no one else is there. I know who the fuck you guys were. I was there. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> but nonetheless, um, it, it happened all the time. And it was one of those things that probably could have been handled a lot better oh, yeah. had they, you know, been a little bit less religious about it and a little bit more you know hey um let's be a little bit more educational about this because in reality you you can't tell somebody not to really do something because it's only going to make them want to do it even more of course yeah and and that's just the general rule with anything like this oh yeah definitely so um five out of five i'd say they failed pretty hard uh mainly because there's there was a lot of teen pregnancies a lot of people um didn't necessarily know what it meant to wrap it up (laughs) no Absolutely not. You know, what's a contraceptive? I don't know. Jesus is my contraceptive. Yeah, seriously. I'll be completely honest here before we move on, and I will say that I learned more from internet pornography (laughs) than I did from these programs. Thank you, Pornhub, for uh, being an educational resource. (laughs) (laughs) Speaking of other educational resources, um, it kind of reminded me of something that happened to me when I was little. Um... I, and just saying that, I realized we just got off of a sex topic, and no. Um, so I, I grew up in an area that was a little closer to Chicago, and uh, their big thing was uh, gang violence. That's putting it mildly. Oh, yeah, I would say so. Um, but one of the coolest things that happened in school was we had a police officer come by saying, hey, you know, uh, these gangs, they're a bunch of dickheads. Uh, don't join them. By the way, here's this really cool activity book that you can color in that tells you everything you want to know about these gangs, you know. What do they like? What are their favorite colors, you know? How to do those really wacky, you know, hand signs (laughs) and, you know, how to read graffiti as well. And it was kind of like... I, I wasn't necessarily afraid of gangs at that point. I was just like, wow, cool. You know, I didn't know they like the same colors I do. 
You know, and are you feeling lonely? Are you bored? Do you have no friends or social skills? Here's a list of all these gangs located nearby that you can just join up. What do they like? Well, they like money. These guys, they like drugs. You like drugs too, right? Or do you like guns? <laughs> what about, you know, do you like women? Yeah, absolutely. Hey, you know, this gang has those too? Absolutely. Go buy this uh, KFC where Brenda makes chicken by day and chokes them by night. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was a it was a book of open possibilities because now I knew, you know, who my local gang friends were, you know, all. That's just a terrible idea in general. I feel like telling a child that hey these groups of people have all of these really cool neat things that yeah. you'd probably really like yeah. <laughs> uh, but don't actually don't do anything with them right? yeah but here's exactly what it is and if you're wondering a lot of those kids that uh, grew up with those activity books uh yeah about a good chunk of them are probably in prison for you know gang violence and stuff <laughs> but uh you know coincidence i i don't know possibly but and it wasn't even just gang violence. I remember gun safety as well. We had like officer friendly come by. <laughs> you know this chat of a man who basically told us, uh, you know, guns are bad. By the way, look at this really cool Glock that I have. Fuck yeah, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Nothing says you know American education like you know having a gun pointed at you and being told, hey, if you point this at someone, they could probably die. I know? mean, let's just be honest. At this point in time, America education and schools and guns yeah. just go hand in hand. Absolutely. You know, it's a, it's part of our culture. Unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. Um, which is really fucked up. But uh, not as fucked up as, uh, you know, a story that was recounted to us about a guy named Dipper Dan. Good old Dipper Dan. <laughs> Dipper Dan. He was a man who had no jaw, and it was because he constantly dipped. Um, we had a buddy of ours explain that at an all-boys high school, they brought in this guest speaker to, you know, educate kids about the dangers of chewing tobacco. Um, and it doesn't necessarily work very well when, you know, everyone starts idolizing the guy that uh, they're telling to fear. Right? You know? <laughs> Amazing how that works. You know, Dipper Dam will forever live in our hearts. You know, if only he had a jaw to speak up, you know? <laughs> Josh, when you were in high school, mm -hmm. did you ever have drinking and driving education programs? Oh, my God. Um, it was... It's one of those things that could have been handled better because their biggest tactic was fear. And that's not downplaying drinking and driving at all. You oh. know, if you're drinking and you're driving, you're a fucking asshole. Piece of shit. Stop um, doing it. You know, just stare at the floor and think about how fucking stupid you are. Um, but going back to, you know, how they, you know, advertised and how they promoted this. I remember in my high school, I wasn't there by the time they did this. But there was recordings of during passing period they would play an audio file of a girl who was drinking at a party or prom and gets into a head-on collision and dies. Mm -hmm. um, and it's basically just about 20 minutes of screaming, ambulance noises, and, uh, you know, mechs, like medics going, oh, yeah, she's dead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, perhaps she would have lived if she would have not drank and or drived. I uh, I remember my high school. Um, one of the uh, one of the programs that we had. I I remember very vividly. It was it it, it was a a short video to try to get high schoolers to not drink and drive. Right. Yeah. 
And it started out with two teenage girls leaving a quote-unquote party, but it was just an empty house with no music playing and no one in it. Of course, that's the best party. Right? Uh, And then they get into their car, which is a yellow sedan. This is important for later. Okay. While they're driving, right, this girl is drinking, and her friend's like, oh, no, you shouldn't drink. Don't do this. But doesn't actually do anything to stop her. Yeah. Right? Uh, Then they get into a... Uh, a T-bone, right? Yeah. But the footage of the T-bone is completely different, and it's from a red sedan. Wow. Not a yellow sedan. Why? That's a horse of a different color, Joe. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> Co- uh, completely different car, completely different people inside said car. Um, yeah, so they, they basically just made a really bad sketch oh, or wow. skit and then uh, added on a uh, an actual accident scene on the end of it and tried to pass it off as uh, this was this was a real thing. Yeah. This could also happen to you. <laughs> Jesus Christ. But nonetheless, it's it's a lot of those school programs that you know just come off a little strange, I, and you're probably seeing a pattern here. But I'll get back to that in a second because you know there were still all those anti-smoking programs that we constantly see everywhere. Oh yeah. And you know to this day, I wouldn't be surprised if you know they try to do the dare approach and go, hey, it's not cool to jewel in school, kids. Uh. You know, with vapes and whatever, because that seems to be a little bit more prominent and popular these days. Oh, yeah, definitely. You know, back in my day, it was uh, what we referred to as squares, which were cigarettes, you know? Um, And every movie, every TV show, every cartoon, Saturday morning cartoon that we saw where a hero was smoking, we were all just like, wow, that is badass. (laughs) I I remember popular culture back then, especially with, like, kids' cartoons. Oh, yeah. All the characters smoked. Yeah. It was, like, the coolest thing. Yeah. It it looked fucking cool, and it didn't help that the characters themselves were fucking badass. And I know, um, you know, the government eventually tried to... um, hide a lot of that um, media from children. Uh, a famous example was uh, removing Paul McCartney's cigarette from the uh, cover of Abbey Road. Mm. Uh, and it's kind of like, well, that's fucking dumb, yeah. you know? But did that program, you know, assist at all? Did that help? Uh, not necessarily. I mean, because, you know, a lot of kids, you know, grew up and if they were interested and they were curious, you know, eventually they would either probably steal cigarettes from somebody ask someone to buy it for them or they would just you know 18 all of a sudden they're just huffing and puffing yeah i mean there is evidence to suggest that they do work however i I feel like the ways that they go about it could be improved absolutely and of course you know another fear tactic that i remember um, which is also a very strange one it was um for our driver's ed we had to watch a video of a woman getting hit by a train. Hmm. Um, and it's, it's part of train safety, I suppose, but it's, and it was kind of just a little gar- like garish to oh, look yeah. at uh, because we're just kind of like, why are we watching this? And how old hold, are you? Like 16, 15. Oh, okay. You know, and just watching, you know, someone get turned into pink mist because all of a sudden, you know, Amtrak was just right on time. Um, That's a first. Yeah. But, um, and that's not the first time that I I ever had to watch anything train safety related. Um, Back when I was about uh, in fifth grade or probably fourth grade, 
we had someone come from the um, like a train association or something, uh, train regulations. It, it, it yeah. doesn't matter. Um, a guy came into our school and was teaching us about train safety because I guess um, a lot of kids were just running the middle of tracks. Uh, you know, trying to recreate that scene from uh, Stand By Me. I, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but um, I'll, I'll never forget this, too, because it, it haunts me to this very day. Um, he asked for a volunteer. I got up on stage, and he said, you know, little Josh, you know, if your car was stuck in the middle of a train track and a train was coming towards you, where do you run to avoid getting hit by the train? And, you know, my primitive little lizard brain at the time um, just assumed I could just dodge left or right out of the way of the train. And he's like, all right, you know, raise of hands. How many kids agree with little Josh, you know, um, and feel this is the safest way to get away? And, you know, like three quarters of the kids rose their hands. And so he looks me in the face and he's like, congratulations, you just killed all these kids. And I was like, wow. Now I, f- I feel like an asshole. <laughs> what the fuck, man? <laughs> and if you're wondering, you know, for safety reasons, you want to go towards the train but in a diagonal because apparently you're going to avoid all the shrapnel and the, you know, car getting ricocheted or whatever. Uh, but that's not the goddamn point, you know. No. I It was kind of one of those situations where I didn't necessarily want to have the weight of all these kids, you know, resting on my shoulders because I, you know, didn't know right. uh, which direction to go. But... You know, whatever. I'm, Josh, I'm noticing a, a trend here. Hmm. You know, between all of these uh, programs with good intentions but uh, failed outcomes. Oh yeah. What I, I'm I'm seeing this trend. What do you think this trend is? I would say you know fear. Um, fear was the biggest thing that they tried to push on everybody, and it was one of those things that they were kind of hoping for. You know, you have a bunch of kids. You know, put the fear of God in them. Mm-hmm. You know, and hopefully that'll set them right. You know, on the righteous path or whatever. And that surprisingly doesn't actually work. Who would have guessed? You know. Sorry. So you're probably wondering. Um, what can I do to actually teach my children effectively when it comes to, you know, drugs or abstinence or sex or, you know, whatever? First and foremost, don't fear monger. Yeah. You know, it's surprisingly, that's the one thing a lot of people tried as far as these programs. But the most effective, honestly, just have a sit down with your kid and talk to them. Talk to them like a person. Yeah. You know, just earn their trust you know you'd be surprised how willing these kids are actually open to hearing what you have to say you know talk to them about moderation you know talk to them about safety and you know usage i mean face it i'm pretty sure a lot of yous have already you know probably sipped a little booze you know (laughs) underage you know probably had a little huff huff pass you know um back in the day and you kind of want to teach your kids, you know, what it means to be safe. You know, um, just open that door. You know, don't give them any sort of like, you know, if you do this, I'll fucking beat your ass. Um, just talk to them like normal human beings because you'd be surprised just how willing they are to listen to you, their parents. You know, talk to them about safe sex. I know it's a little awkward. I know it's a little uncomfortable because, you know, nobody really wants to sit down with little, you know, eight-year-old Jimmy and be like, okay, you know, here's safe sex, but you, it works. I mean, teach them about contraceptives. Teach them about, you know, 
um, proper using of a condom, the effects of what can happen, you know, that pregnancies are a thing. If you have a daughter, talk to them about their cycle, you know, uh, because that's something they're going to be have they're going to deal with for the rest of their life. Oh, yeah. You know, teach them about ovulation, teach them about, you know, um, asking for consent pushing for consent because absolutely you want to make sure that they're safe that they're well educated that they grow up and they know better because a lot of yous i'm pretty sure don't want to have you know grandchildren you know before you even hit like your 30s oh yeah yeah <laughs> yeah ba- basically like treat your kid like a person right yeah kids are surprisingly intelligent yeah um they're not stupid granted they can make stupid decisions and do stupid things oh, yeah because they're kids but generally, they're not stupid. If you talk to them like a person, like an adult, right? Yeah. They're going to listen, more than likely. It's not fear-mongering that works. It's getting that understanding and that respect yeah. that works. You know, if your kid decides he wants to go to a party and have a drink, you know, talk to him about, you know, having a designated driver. Talk to him about using an Uber. And or don't a- shame them. Yeah, exactly. Don't because if them. you shame them, it's only going to make them hide more shit from you. And all of a sudden, you're going to be ha- the on the opposite end of a drinking and driving program video. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And that sucks. So talk to them. You don't underestimate the power of words, especially from the parents. You know, it, it goes a hell of a long way. And honestly, that's all the time that we have for today. You know, if you like what you heard, then let us know on social media. You can follow us on our Facebook page or hit us up on Twitter at Stale Chipcast. And, of course, for those of you who enjoyed what we talked about today, (laughs) we're actually going to give away a small grab bag of goodies, including the infamous Too Cool to Do Drugs pencil. You're probably wondering, what the hell am I going to do with a pencil? For a lot of you ladies, you can put it in your hair to hold your hair up. You can chuck it at people that you don't like, or you can chew it if you're having a little nervous breakdown. (laughs) The, you know... (laughs) The opportunities are endless along with how much you can utilize a good pencil. And we're giving these away to three random listeners. Comment on our Facebook page or our Twitter post about what your favorite school program was back in the day, and we'll announce the winners in next week's episode. Just be sure to have those comments ready by March 6, 2022. I'm saying that because I don't want to hear this, you know, a year or two later. <laughs> And honestly, with all that being said, you know, thank you guys as always for tuning in. You know, I'm Josh. And I'm Joe. And have a wonderful week.